0: Hey guys, welcome to the Gun Shop, and today we have Tony from Laxon with us. And we're gonna start off by talking about Laxon before divulging into other bits. I wouldn't say more exciting stuff, but hunting, shooting, fishing yourself, and obviously not English. No, I am Danish so, for, my, for my sins. But you've been here for a while, so. Yes. You're basically English. But Sc- Scottish. Scottish. Oh, yes. Um, yes. I should have invited really, should long 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 long. So, so you're basically British. Yes, um, that's right what it Cool. Laxen. Yes. Let's start with Laxen. So tell me about Laxen. Well, the first thing I would say um, is that um, the name uh, being Danish is the Danish word for salmon. Okay. Um, we've kept the name, uh, although we have changed away from fishing many years ago now. So uh, how did the company start? The company started um, in Denmark um, with making handmade fishing rods. They were some of the finest fly fishing rods you could get in the world at the time right. uh, and were sought after worldwide. When was it? Uh, founded in 1977. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, added on fishing clothing, um, found out that the real spirit of the owners were not fishing after that, but shooting. So left the fishing alone and went into shooting and hunting though. Um I know that we're mostly over here still known for our tweeds and and we we do love tweed for all its benefits and for the style it has and the heritage. Um, And we were the first company to put a Gore-Tex membrane into a sporting tweed product back in the early 90s. Okay. Um, And everyone subsequently now does that as a matter of course. It it is, but that's like many other things, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, someone has to start and then it becomes the norm. Yeah. Um, we changed away from Gore-Tex a few years ago and now work with our own CTX membrane, uh, which is just as good or similar, I guess. Uh, it's uh, maybe a little bit controversial, but I would argue it's better. Okay, uh, You have all the uh, waterproofness that you need, uh, same as you would have with a Gore membrane, um, but you have almost twice as much breathability, and the breathability comes into play when you're walking uphill, for instance. How does it work? I mean, for those of us who aren't well, it's I mean, technically okay with how Gore Tex works in the first place. Uh, well, the whole the whole membrane is it's it's a, a sheet of material with a lot of tiny holes in it, mm-hmm. uh, and the holes are, are adjusted um, so after a certain amount of pressure, you can press water through it, uh, and that is measured in millimeters. Our membrane has uh, twenty thousand millimeters water pressure, and Gore I have around twenty eight thousand. Um, So that's the the waterproofness of a membrane. Um, On the other hand, the bigger you make the holes, and these are tiny holes, the more of the moisture that your body produces can get released through the membrane. Uh, And um, as I said, ours actually uh, lets through 30,000 grams of moisture per square meter per day. Okay, so it's more breathable, but less waterproof than water. Less waterproof, however, it is adequate waterproof. Indeed. Um, If you put all your weight down on one knee while wearing your your shooting gear and everything else on soggy ground, that's the most pressure you can, as a person, put into a membrane. And that roughly is around 15,000 millimeters. Mm -hmm. So being 20,000, we we cover that easily. Um, And I would say I've never gotten wet and and have had big benefits of having the extra breathability when when walking uphill in Scotland and uh, then sitting on top of the hill, looking around with the wind that happens once in a while, yeah. not being cooled down quite as much. Okay, so moving out of technicality, yes, you, you introduced Gore-Tex into your tweeds in the 90s. We did, uh, and have continued to develop the tweed range. Um, we, we always run three men's tweeds uh, and two every year, two for women, and uh, we, we also have, a, we believe, quite a, a nice selection of technical uh, mm-hmm. stalking equipment, lightweight shooting jackets, uh, we have a good selection of shirts, um, it's trousers, all European made as well. Which is a few things are still made far east. Yep. The majority of our products are now European production. Um, we use Scottish tweed in all our tweed products. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use um, Italian wool uh, and whereas we can. We, we, we produce it within Europe uh, for convenience and quality. Which is quite nice, really. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's the same range that we have here, the same range they have in the rest of the world, what I presume. Uh, the full range is available for everyone, no matter where you are in the world. Um, there are, of course, products that sell better in certain regions. Okay. Uh, How does that uh, geographical set? Something about that. So, presumably, we don't sell—you don't sell the same items, let's say, here in the south of England to Scotland, to Denmark, to Germany. No, I was saying for, for the UK specifically. I—I I was expecting when I moved over 15 years ago and I had to learn about the trade. I was expecting there would be a bigger uh, kind of national, Scottish, English, Welsh difference Mm -hmm. there isn't Uh, the difference is is on individual shops so where some shops uh, are very focused on the stalking gear and go for the green technical jackets, trousers and others are more game uh, game shooting minded Mm -hmm. uh, and they of course stock more tweets and and shooting vests etc but you can't say that the northern shops do this and the southwest do that it is all a lovely mixture Uh, which means that luckily most people can get more or less whatever they want wherever they live. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then, then we, we can change that. Difficult question. Do you get what you pay for, do you think? I mean, you're obviously contractually obliged to say so. <laughs> I, I think I would be in trouble if I didn't say yes. yes. Um, but I think I can back that up as well. Okay. Um, in in very, very much our philosophy, when we produce and develop a new product, if we don't, being uh, the development team and the owners and everything else, if we don't believe that the product is value for money, we won't do it um because we mo- we believe that one our retailers won't buy from us but also if they did they wouldn't sell it sell it on uh and there's there's no point spending time and energy into producing a product that you don't see having a benefit at, at the end of the end of the line um we are not at the lowest range of the market on price um Quite high up there, really. We are we are top of the range yeah, yeah. with a few other brands. I don't, I don't know, there's any shame in that? No, we're watering I'm it now. No, no but actually, but it's I think that the the reasoning behind it or, or the benefit of it is that our quality control yes. has to be high. And that goes not just for us, but any high end brand. Uh, whenever people say uh, that you're, you're paying for the name, most 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 of the times that is yes. used as a negative term. In my book, it's a it's a positive, because once you've spent uh, years. Uh, and invest a lot of money in developing a high-end brand, you can't afford to let that quality slip. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is the case, unfortunately, with a few of the other high-end brands that they have potentially sold out a little bit and their after-sales aren't what they should be for the price. Probably best that I don't comment on that. Probably Um, best that you don't. But but I I think my personal experience, I can comment that there is certain other brands that I probably wouldn't trust and unfortunately do stock, not unfortunately, they're good product, until the break in which case actually there becomes a fight when they should not be at that that shouldn't be the name level no uh, and again it's 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 what um, once you have the name once you have the the recognition of being a mm. high-end mm-hmm. quality product um, if, even if it's just not just the after service if you release a product that is um, to a lower standard you you're shooting yourself in the foot yeah. really quickly and, and and that name will take a beating uh, which means that anyone that has a high-end name, known for quality, must have, must use the, the right quality products mm-hmm. and really put a lot of energy uh, and effort into ma- maintaining uh, the quality control. So the likes and team, apart from yourself, you obviously shoot, stalk, fish, the lot? As much as I can get my hands on, yes. Yeah, yeah as much as you are allowed apart from your job, I suppose. Yes, yes. Um, does the whole team have that same ethos? Very, very, uh, yes, um, with, with few exceptions. Um, our accountant uh, doesn't shoot a fish. It's probably um, the best. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone else in the company actually enjoys going out um, and, and wearing the products, uh, which also means that uh, more or less uh, we will have different uh, areas that we that we prefer. Um, some are more into stalking, and some are more into game shooting, and some do um, you know duck shooting yeah. Um So we all use more or less every product that that we produce. Uh, and again, if we wouldn't use it, there's no point in us doing yeah. it, really, um, with very few exceptions. So, so we we are we are quality conscious, and we know what we want, yeah. and hopefully that shines through the range, and and is also in line with what everybody else wants. Yeah, that's I mean, our hope anyway. Hopefully, we'll keep going. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that anyway. So you moved here 15 years ago. I did. You've been to the Britain before, I presume? We have, uh, yes, I, I visited you know, London yeah. and, and Scotland on holidays a few times. Okay, so coming from Denmark, start? <clears throat> right, well, should we start, actually, start with Danish hunting gold joke? Can you lay that on the table? Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's quite a few um, big differences. Mm-hmm. The biggest uh, difference is that you can't shoot any live game until you're 16 in Denmark. Wow. And before you do that, you have to pass a test. Okay. And that test is, is a two part test. The first test is a uh, theoretical test where you have to prove a certain knowledge of law, of uh, game recognition, of uh, game biology. And this is for large and small game? Uh, that is all inclusive in the uh, theoretical test. Okay. Uh, so it's everything from your uh, red deer to your partridge and pigeons, uh, when what the life circle is, uh, when they breed, yeah. how many Youngs they get etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's a lot of common knowledge that you have to have, which I think is really good in itself. Yes, yeah, so do I, uh, and it's it's most people will have that anyway. Um, but having the test system and having a, a system set up means that you ensure that everyone knows it before they start. What do you do out. as a kid? You can. I, I went up with my dad. Okay, and so you I, can you can go along. To that. You can go along as as uh, from you when you can walk. Uh, yeah. And I was happy to be out beating, picking up, um, standing next to him, going out on a on an evening. You know, so there is a lot of driven game shooting in Denmark, there is. from what you're saying? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of of, of hunting happening or shooting happening in Denmark as well, um, for being a small country. But once you pass your, your written test, uh, then you have to pass uh, a shooting test with your shotgun, mm-hmm. um, where you have to hit stuff. No. I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's something hitting like sixteen out of twenty-four clay pigeons. And what a sort of trap style, a skeet style? Um, or just... yeah, yeah, it's 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 going away. Yeah, crossing right over you, left and right. Oh, so it is, you have to. It is so some basic proficiency. You do yes, and okay. you have to, uh, Then you can go out shooting a shotgun game, which is of course birds, hares, and rodeo uh, that you're allowed to shoot in Denmark with shotguns. So a quick segue or a quick, yes. quick diversion. Shooting rodeo with a shotgun. Yes. You've done it? I have. What loads do you use? Um, well, the, the majority uses 12 gauge. Yeah. Uh, and I would say anything from 30 grams, threes down to, if you know you're on a specific yeah. rodeo, then you, you would use size one. Um, the maximum distance you would shoot at is between 12 and 15 meters. So it's fairly close. You've, it is, it is Tight close. chokes, tight patterns. Exactly. And I have to say from experience, uh, you would you would normally shoot them uh, on a on a not a driven day but you know a pushed through day so they would mm-hmm. be in motion like a move exactly yeah. they would be in motion and they would be uh, they would be they would be be tense and once the muscles in an animal is tense and you hit them with a pattern that size mass atrophy and death they drop yeah um and, and I, i've actually never seen um, I know it, it can happen, but I've never seen a rodeo being hit and, and running off like you, you sometimes do with a rifle bullet yeah. that you hit it, it's dead. You've yeah. taken out the heart, it still but runs. It run, yeah, yeah. With this, the shock effect is much bigger And they just drop. You think the foot poundage of a 15-yard shotgun with a decent load in it is... It, it will devastate, it works, it? absolutely. Yeah. Um, Meat da- mean damage or...? just there is some um, and uh, heart and lung sort of you so it, chest it. chest region really yeah. um, but it's like any other game uh, you, you will find pellets in a pheasant um, and if you make sure you take them out it's yeah. it's, it's fully edible and, and no problems at all wow. um, and you yeah. don't see any issue there whatsoever no oh. uh, I again yeah. as long as you treat any type of shooting with respect. I, I mean, I, I don't, but obviously it's illegal here, so it's not something that we... No, it absolutely. And um, but if you it, with respect, if you ensure the, the maximum distance, if you stick to that, it's not just a guideline, it's, it's law, mm. you're fine. Okay. Uh, Sorry, no, back for the No, fine. Board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to go stalking uh, bigger deer, uh, yeah. being a sika fellow or Red, you have we, we have all three species in Denmark. Mm-hmm uh you have to use a rifle mm-hmm. and before you can use your rifle on uh, any type of stalking you also have to pass a test uh, and that is 100 meters six um, shots and five of those have to be within a circle of 20 centimeters unless they've changed within the last couple of years it's a few years okay it? it's not super strict that's on a row target okay but with a picture of a row and you do not have a white disc Okay. so it's like over so here. You've just the, got to put it in a kill shot. Zone. You have to put it in that yep. shoulder region and, and, and then. And that's off of sticks? Sticks, lying or sitting, you, you can okay. kind of choose your own hunting related position. But you have moderators? It, just over the last couple of years, yes. Okay. So I presume that will probably draw in with moderators as, as a sort of somewhere along the line. It, yeah, again, it just helps. And again, it's, yeah. it's personal opinion. If you can't put five out of six you know, in a 20 yards? sitting or lying down within a hundred metres, you probably shouldn't no, yeah. you definitely shouldn't go okay. out on living. There's hours. some there is obviously certain equipment things and some guns, older guns potentially that you might want to take out, might not be capable of that. You well, should be capable of that, but not much. But again, again, if they're not capable of doing that probably shouldn't be shooting. No, 100 you shouldn't meters. be using an online game. No. no. Definitely not. Which is always a shame <laughs> to commit them to the death. I don't know. I mean, there's okay. got to be some kind of balance there, isn't there? If you've got an old gun that, let's say, shoots a group at 50 meters but not at 100, I mean, in Denmark probably wouldn't cut it. But over here, you, you could sort of go. I'm just. I will limit myself. You could do that in Denmark as well, yeah. as long as you have a rifle that's, that's okay, that that so you what, can that you can use for, to shoot for to pass yeah. so Exactly. Right. The, the, after that, it is entirely up to you to make sure that you Most, use yeah. tools that are equipped with, uh, adequate for the job. Most popular calibers. 308. Um, The reason is that anything, when you shoot anything larger than row, you have to use at least a 6.5 by 55 Mm -hmm. uh, millimeters with a certain energy in the bullet. So you might as well have a man-sized gun. Just go go for I had a 30.06 as my first rifle and it meant that wherever I was invited or wherever I had the opportunity to go, I didn't have to think, "Ah, if one of those comes by, I can't shoot. So yeah, it, it does everything. And you can get ammo everywhere in the world for those Yeah. So you've passed your shooting test, and you can then just go out? Uh, if you can find land where you get permission to go. Okay, so there's no public land. No public land. Uh, we do have public access to the sea. Okay. So if you acquire yourself a boat, that is legal, mm-hmm. which means it has a really small engine. And you can catch a a it deer swimming between two islands. Uh, then you can <laughs> shoot <laughs> ducks. <laughs> but that's the only kind that of, okay. kind of free, free shooting that we have. Uh, Denmark's a small country, it's half the size of Scotland, more or less the same population as Scotland, uh, and we have 130-ish thousand licensed hunters in That's a fair whack of the population isn't it? It is, and it means that the land parcels are really small. Similar to the South of England, everyone's scrabbling over tiny little bits. Yes, but yeah, with with, with the added difference that you have a lot more small privately owned uh, areas of land. Okay. Um, We don't have as many big estates as we do over here. Um, so it, it, it's hard to come by shooting and it's expensive, so, which is why you see a lot of Danes coming over mm-hmm. here, going to Sweden, going to Germany. Does that sort of lend itself to less quality deer seeing as everybody's out shooting? Very controversial area, but yes. Okay. Um, unfortunately, b- being high prices, yep. you want to shoot something. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've paid a big lease and you've got three deer on your ground, you might I, guess well shoot, I guess it's human nature. Yeah, um, but it e, it, a lot of areas are managed well, and a lot of places do have kind of good uh, agreements between neighbors and say, "Well, we'll, we'll shoot this type of deer, and we'll, if it's a nice, promising yeah. four-pointer, we'll leave him for next year, yeah. and that sort of thing." But a, a lot of areas are simply, "I have to shoot that because if I don't, then he will." will. Yeah. yeah, and that's that, that limits you, your ability to kind of grow big bucks. Or big anything. But yeah. that's, that's you know, that's like everyone else. There's that's problems like, in every area, isn't there, when people people are inherently selfish. Unfortunately, it takes yeah. it takes a bigger man to speak to their neighbour and go, shall we not shoot this one? Yeah. And then hope that nobody else does it in that same sort of thing. But if more people did it, we would all, within a few years, actually, Absolute see the benefits. Yes, yeah. indeed. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Definitely. Yeah. But it's not going to happen today. No, but not know. keep it's, working. It's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a big change, isn't it? Certainly. Well, again, it's the difference. and Every area of the country is But around here. It's lots of value, lots of meat value, and people will just not come over. Because there's a lot of that meat value, there's a lot of crop damage involved yeah. with them. So trying to find decent value, apart from those on sort of the New Forest fringes where they can disappear, and as you say, just, yeah, left alone to grow old. But then you have to be lucky to actually catch them when they put their head up. Indeed, indeed. We both know a man who could put you in front of them. But that's true. It that gets expensive. Yes, both are. Like... Okay, so so that's that's those. Yeah. Are, I was in, historically that's those are the biggest difference that I find. Um, another one is that that the, the Danish way or, or traditional have been that everybody did everything. Mm-hmm. So you would do your, your your spring roebuck stalking with your rifle, yeah. and then when the pigeon season, dock season started in September, used to be August. Um, for pigeons, anyway, you would do that, and then the game season started. And so there is a pigeon season, yes, which starts again. I'm not completely onto to the. I think it's the yeah. first of November. and that has less. You have less pigeon. They, they have you. Know, you there are less, less pigeons. pigeons. Yeah. Uh, they are still a problem for for mm-hmm. farmers, uh, and would be classified as a pest. Um, uh, the reason why the season has been postponed from when I started shooting many years ago, now when I was sixteen. I believe the pigeon started on the 1st of August, mm-hmm. uh, it's then come to light that, that pigeons still have uh, offspring, young ones, in the nest in August, uh, so it was moved to September, mm-hmm. then they found out that the pigeons still reproduce in September and October, so that it's now been pushed up until I believe it's November now, it could be October. It's a short killing, isn't it, isn't it? I think about the actual amount, but certainly if you put that in place over here it would be a very... Yes It's a lot of shooting in a small period of time Yes, but same as like over here, you can apply for a regulation license okay. um, You can't do it in the same way as you would hunting them with, with, with decoys there's, there's a lot of restrictions to it, but, but those problem areas can you still You can apply for a license go and destroy nests or something almost. No, no, you, it oh, would, okay. you would have to still go out and shoot the pigeons, but you, you couldn't no. you Do it easily <laughs> not, not as quite as easily no. So the numbers for pigeons, the, the big days have, have dropped uh, it's, it's hence we have the visitors over here for, for now at least yes okay what about the sort of hunting culture uh, apart from the sort of regulations do you find i mean i presume the driven game culture is similar in certainly the driven bird culture it, it is and it isn't okay. um and that's again one thing i found um, interesting and frustrating is that um, there's a lot of syndicate shooting in denmark mm-hmm. where people would get together with you know, three or four pieces of land, uh, rent it in a group of eight to ten people, do a lot of maintenance, a lot of planting, a lot of looking after it. Working men, sort of. And then that would be their ground for the season. Okay. So they would do five or six or seven shoots where, you know, stand one, beat one, shoot one, go that sort of thing. And release birds as part of that? You would release birds. Okay. Um, again, you're limited to the number of birds you can release in an area. Uh, if you go over a certain number, you have to show the... Um, authorities a management plan that you have to develop so we're doing this type of planting here and over here to make sure that there is enough cover enough food wow so you can't just put out is each bit of land individual or is it kind of a blanket acreage Uh, system no if you go over a certain number of birds you will have to create a plan for your land and prove it that that it's manageable and it's. it works that system works or I believe it does yeah Uh, and I believe it's it's Given us a better reputation along the non-shooting community that we actually can prove now that we provide all this management. The management happens over here as well. Yeah. It's just not commonly known. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about it. I'm happy to talk about it. Because, you know, if you took away game shooting tomorrow, a lot of the planting, a lot of the wild hedgerows, a lot of the flowers, a lot of the grassy areas that you see along the cornfields, the maize fields and everything else, there are lots of strips that are only there yeah. because they benefit, not just pheasants or partridge, they benefit all the land wildlife. Well, the pheasants and partridge pay for it. And that's yeah. the bottom line, right? Exactly. So so there's a massive benefits of that. And, and by having estates create a management plan, mm-hmm. we can take that, put it forward, say, so this is what we do. This is what we do. This is how many we release. This is how many we shoot. Everything is completely regulated, I presume. And more importantly, this is what it benefits. And... Sh- <sighs> Obviously, it's quite a pertinent thing in the UK at the moment because this is what people are pushing. It's what certainly the opposition is pushing for. And I think certainly, again, without sort of sounding too controversial, I think this is where we should go. I see no issue with telling people how many you should release and how many you shoot because it keeps you just, it keeps you have to be justifiable. It means you have to. If you don't want to stand by yeah. what you do. You probably shouldn't be doing it. It looks like you're hiding something right yeah a- a- and and, eternally and, and um I've ive i've been shooting i' been part of shooting since I was very small some many years ago many many years ago um and i've i've seen the full aspect of how we uh, commit mm-hmm. man hours uh, m- Huge amounts of money into it as well. Vast amounts. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and I've seen the benefits and uh, I don't think it's something we should hide. I think it's something we should be proud of. And um, it's my personal experience that when you explain to people that are outside of our very, quite small community, yeah. what we do, how we do it and why we do it, more often than not, they actually they go it away and going, do you know acceptable? what, yeah. that makes sense. So it is. uh, I think it's a a big, big um, mission of ours is to actually go out and provide information and facts, actual facts, actual facts. Which is quite nice. Yes. I was about to say something that would get me in trouble, so I'm not going to say that. (laughs) So, do you still does that lend itself to there is less commercial shooting in Denmark, or because obviously that's the thing that people are concerned. And there's a huge amount of money tied up with the more commercial aspect, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it does, as we say, filter down. But yeah. I also feel that there is a level after which actually it is not justifying you do take too much out of the land, you're taking more out than you're putting in, you are yeah. creating no benefit. And I'll say every, far from every shoot, but there is a handful of shoots that are not ecologically sound. Do you have larger scale commercial shoots? In Denmark, and they just have to do more for conservation. Uh, it, we do, we do, we do have uh, shoots that, that that shoot a number of days a yeah. year and and provide big days. Uh, but they can do that because they have the uh, the land to do it, mm-hmm. the topography to do it, and and they have the management system in place. So they they commit a lot, um, again money and man yeah. put into this land that that will benefit not just the birds they shoot, but Every piece of wildlife, insects, everything, on this piece of land. Yeah, and there obviously comes a management thing there. I don't know if you read. Just um, released a few days ago the RSPB's list of things that they shot and their explanation for for why they've done it. Essentially, pinning it all on the shooting community. Yeah, um, I haven't read it. No, I, I, I. It is worth a read. It's it's, it's quite short, but it's, it's worth a read. And essentially, they they give the list and they go, well, look, we don't have to do it everywhere. Look at um, they give an example of a place near Saddleworth Moor that they have. They said, we chose not to shoot, do breast per- and predator per- control, uh, although that would obviously have boosted the breeding success of wading birds, but we decided to let it run its natural course. And you go, well, why wouldn't you, A, do that? And then they go, but most of the reason we have to control crows and foxes is because the shooting community release ex-birds and just use it as an opportunity to wave their flag. Again, I don't know, but they're... Again, it's a different mindset, isn't it? It's a mindset of saying that management has to exist. Yeah. And it's the beauty of the Danish way, certainly from what you've said, is that you can justify it. You go, well, yeah, we manage, we shoot foxes. I presume you shoot the foxes and crows and corbids yeah. and do the same pest control as we do over here. Absolutely. And this is why. And they actually, I guess you have to have that management plan. And at any point you can pull that out and throw it in someone's face and go, I like that. I think that's something that we should think, be aiming yeah, yeah, at. Yeah, okay. I think some, some some of the keepers could be without the kind of a, um, paperwork. Um, of course, but they would, but they would still be doing you survive. Yeah, that's but that's like anything else. You know, sometimes you have to document what you do to prove it. Um, but I think overall, um, it, without what we what we do to to the to the land that we have, it, it wouldn't be nearly as uh, diverse and beautiful as it is. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, hardly agreed. So, what's your favorite type of shooting, fishing, hunting, anything altogether? Um, it's it's hard to pick because I, I enjoy all of it. Yeah. Um, I like my stalking, uh, and, and what, what rifle are you want currently? Uh, I I shoot a blaster, yeah, uh, an old R ninety three that I've had for many years, and, and probably, hopefully stay with me till I a while, I a while longer. It, yeah. Yeah. Yes, because um, yeah. we had a history now, we <laughs> know each other. Um, so yeah, I do that, and I will say Roe deer is my my favorite. Deer. It's what I had access to when I started stalking, um, because although we have quite a lot of larger deer in Denmark, it's, it's hard to get invited. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so Roe is my... So is Roe viewed as a sort of lesser species still or? No, no. Uh, roe is, is very sought after in Denmark mm-hmm. uh, and, and if you can count it a common man's deer, because deer, uh, roe deer are everywhere. Yeah. There's nowhere in Denmark that roe deer aren't... Very similar deer. to here. Yes. Uh, whereas the other type of deer do have certain areas where they're, where they're present. Uh, where you have larger f- forest, uh, yeah. you will find the CK. If you don't have big forest, then they will... They won't leave, um, and then I like the social part of a of a game day or you know, driven. Um, so so you know catching up with old friends, afterwards having a drink, mm. having a good laugh, and, and, and shooting a few birds. That that's enjoyable as well. I take my dog out and shoot a few pheasants here and there, and it's, it's I enjoy all of it. That like you wouldn't give any of it. Well, I'm pretty much the same. I don't think I would I would struggle to give any of it up really, um, and I couldn't really pick my favorite. <laughs> Not on tape anyway. When I started in nineteen ninety seven as an apprentice in a gun shop in Denmark, yeah. on my first day I bought two items. One was a Laxon leather shooting vest and one was a Laxton pair of gaiters. Okay. I had no intentions of moving to Scotland 15 years later or ten years later to start working for Laxon. It just happened to work that way. I still use both. Um so our gaiters are durable. They, these are now 22 twenty two years old, old and I, I'm I'm all the way in them on Thursday. Uh, the leather shooting vest I wear less often because it's uh, less fashionable over here. No, uh, I'm I'm not really. A, I, I wear my leather breeks occasionally over here, so that's I'm not a slave yeah. to 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 that. But um, I just have lighter weight options. Yeah, and it's usually not cold enough to wear that. That's that's the main thing. Um, but I would say, to gaiters, I'm really happy about those, and we do some really lovely ones. My tweed outfits. Um, not just my shooting outfits but we do uh, box jackets trousers yeah. and dress waistcoats coats as well uh, and I, I I like to dress for the occasion I like to make a, a shoot day special so by by, by dressing up for it uh, I feel I kind of make it give it justice yeah um, and that's that's, that's that, that, that I like and, I, and then having a shooting outfit in the same tweed as my dinner outfit uh, I think it's quite fun and I have had a lot of stick for it over the years, but, you know, it's <laughs> that's the worst I can throw at it. job. There's be yeah. certain perks to the job and, they, and looking the part and they, having yeah. the nice stuff has got to be part of it, right? It is, uh, And then I would say um, our, our stocking range, uh, we do um, a technical smock, which I think is, uh, is definitely up there uh, function-wise, weight-wise, quality-wise, uh, use-wise for whatever's on the market. And it is um, very reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. compared to everything else but i'll let you tell someone else about that because i'm biased of course you are very i'm with you that your stuff is very very nice and it's very classic at the same time um again i i have no particular account to that line i i prefer other technical stuff that's fair but i think your tweet outfits are they are the best i think bar going to a tailor and having one made for you but that is on another level of expense will begin. can be yes no it can be unless you go to like taiwan then there's a flight yeah and certain dangers that come with that and if something goes wrong it's a long way back to return it that is yeah. very very true mate thank you very much for coming on and i, I look forward, forward to having you again in the future and absolutely enlightening about the way that Denmark works with their bird releasing and actually i think there's there's a lot of things that we as a country could draw from that and potentially get ahead of the curve not that we will, because... Yeah. Uh, so it's, there's, there's, there's things that work well over here and there's f- things that work well other places yeah. and um, I think it's important that we, we look outside, both Denmark, over here and yeah. everywhere, look outside your, your own little world and actually adapt whatever's best and works everywhere. Yeah, and and that way, we. that's not just in shooting, that's in everything. Yeah, uh, that, Then we, we stand a fighting chance. I think that's some very, very wise advice, mate. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, and uh, well, I'll see you soon. Absolutely. <laughs>